With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession. Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. I had quite a back-to-back car experience today. You and I were shooting a Corolla Hybrid. I can't believe you just said those words. The next car I got into was my Lotus Elise to drive (laughs) over here to podcast. (laughs) And I had that that profound experience again of, man, I love this car. And it was was fascinating to ponder the differences. I mean, it was a spectrum of sacrifice moment and still stay in small cars. Oh, yeah, true. Good you point. Know? I mean, I went from CVT droniness to must shift myself. Yeah. No information from the steering wheel at all to funny. you might want to try to turn it off sometimes because there's so much. Funny. Drone in a different way because yes. you know, oh, the Lotus is loud and oh, your drone's the Lotus on the freeway. I, I put, I put sure. uh, headphone earplugs in in that car. Every time, right? Most of the time. And I enjoy it so much more. It's, loud. it's genuinely loud. And I don't care. Yeah, Such a all good. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Happy Tuesday to you. We are prepping for the Atlanta meetup, which is blowing up, by the way. I've yeah, just heard. Thank you, Mandy, for the update. I've just heard that the Saturday drive and lunch is full as of right now. But many of the other events and other meals are still open. We're very excited to meet many of you. Well, yes. Thank you guys for the sign-up. And by the way, if since it is, well, kind of closed because of people, I encourage you highly to come to the Cars and Exotics meet on mm-hmm. Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah. So we'll be there. We've got a couple of cool cars from Mercedes. Thank you, Mercedes, mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. to roll up in. And, uh, yeah, come to that because we'll be floating around for a good uh, you know, few well, hours and then probably go to lunch. Mm-hmm. If people are sticking around, we'll probably figure out somewhere totally. to go to lunch and we're, we're do that. Def- we're definitely going to do lunch after. But here's the thing about that event. We are joining in and walking around like everybody else. There is no limit to that event. You want to come, come. We're, it's, not, it's not through us. Mm-hmm. We're just excited that we happen to be in the Atlanta area. As we understand it, and look, I may get some of this wrong, there's a regular cars and coffee there, caffeine and octane thing. But four times a year they do a monster and this is the last of this year's monsters, and we happen to be there that Sunday. We're going to be walking around. There's not even like an official Everyday Driver area. We're just walking around. Mm-hmm. You guys can walk around. We hope to see many of you that we have yeah, not seen sure, already this weekend. Sure. And I'm sure others of you that are around, I don't even know how many people we're meeting. I keep getting emails and messages on Discord about, see you in Atlanta. I haven't kept a tally. Oh, my gosh. But we may have like a stadium. <laughs> It's crazy. I'm excited. I'm really excited. Oh, yeah. Me too. Me too. Well, guys, we've got a great podcast. Cool topic Tuesday for you. But first, I want to let you know that the episode six that is actually currently on Amazon that you can see, it's also airing on Saturday. So just wanted to touch on that really quick. That is mm-hmm. coming. But also, uh, we've got the uh, the Discord forum going. There, it's still going crazy and it's blowing really up, cool. which is yeah, a lot, yeah. lot of fun. There's The, the car debate continues there, mm-hmm. which is great. And also, many of you have formed friendships and you know other plans to yeah. be made at you know whatever cities which there's, is really cool to see there's a whole i don't know if you've heard heard this i've seen this on discord and i've seen it related to the atlanta meetup again there is a group doing tale of the dragon before the atlanta meetup that are coming yeah. from all around to do tale of the dragon and only know each other through discord and then part of that group has splintered to talk about a spring trip to tale of the dragon that has nothing to do with one oh of our meetups gosh. i oh love gosh. this it's fantastic i like it's great. You know, the, the joke that you and i've made before is that we are many of you listening we are your car friends yeah, what I like yeah, about the Patreon yeah. thing that, that then connects you to Discord is that through Discord, many of our patrons have found other car friends. Yeah, right. And right. are doing track days and doing autocross and doing road trips, and that's fantastic. I never imagined when we started this deal that that would be an offshoot, but it's very cool. So that's happening. It is Tuesday, so we're doing a topic Tuesday. That's coming up, and then we also have a very cool car debate for Sean in L.A., and I have, for the first time in a long time, a sniper shot. Do you really? I am calling no my shot on that one. That's cool impressive. Cool questions as well. Well, because he doesn't even have a budget listed in here, so you're, I, you're ex- snipering I've, ex- I've extrapolated. Like I've extrapolated. Fair I think, enough. I think I've done it, Sean. We'll see. Fair enough. All right. Well, we have uh, definitely not given up on our idea of the GoFundMe for sure with the big sedan challenge, and we think it would produce some great content. So if you feel inclined and you're able, please hit the website, everydaydriver.com, and you can find on there right at the top of the page the link to the GoFundMe to describe more about what we're doing. We are raffling cars, and Todd and I actually kind of were talking to ourselves the other day thinking – 
what we hope people want these cars after we're done with them. We'll see. We hope they we'll still see. run. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, that's that's the point. We could love them. We could yeah. not yeah, love yeah. them. Oh uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. So the GoFundMe still exists, and uh, yeah, check that out. So it gives you all the details about what our plans are for these mm-hmm. cars, mm-hmm. how to acquire them, what we're doing with them, and then how are we yeah. we're divesting ourselves of them. Well, later. and we have honestly we have put a figure on there that is the absolute max we think of that is going to be necessary to buy these cars. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we will get enough of, of that asked for amount that the show will be able to be like we'll put it over the edge but yeah we'll see we'll i'll see. be honest at the moment it's not enough uh hopefully it'll we'll keep it open through october we would love to do this but we just have to be careful we, we have to run a business it's weird you and <laughs> it, i have to run a business, business and think sure. about you know the entire next calendar you're not yeah. just the big uh, uh flaming hole planter in my driveway that used to be a volkswagen phaeton all of these <laughs> things have to happen not just this idea Is it so weird we'll to see hope for that can you turn it into a fire pit and we all sit around the phaeton you know i was actually warm thinking ourselves. today warm yourselves <laughs> around the phaeton Come i was actually thinking today in. i really i really assuming that this goes forward and i get that car i really may have to buy the badging and turn it into a Jetta XL. I may have to oh, do you, that you just do to that make myself the next laugh. Day. I think I might. That, I think that I would might. happen. Yes. I guarantee we'll see. it would. All right, jump into the topic Tuesday. Charlie K. NYC writes to us. I'm not sure how to qualify or, or actually title this properly. Mm-hmm. He says, yeah. it's a car question, but really, is it rational to sell a special car that you genuinely love but it frustrates you because you don't get to drive it mm-hmm. in the way that it excels and for which it was designed? Mm. So essentially, Charlie's asking... Is it wrong to continue to keep a car if you can't use it for what it was intended for? Mm, and we don't even have tough. to talk track usage here no, no, to no. justify either keeping or get rid of a particular car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he has found himself contemplating the unthinkable, trading in his beloved purchased brand new 2017 mm-hmm. Ford Fiesta ST for a 2019 Volkswagen GTI. He said the car that finished third in the Middles episode. Yes. <laughs> okay. You need to watch the Middles there's episode. There's reasons for that. But anyway, there, yeah. There's many. But he said when he bought the Fiesta, he was coming out of a Kia Soul and a Corolla before that. Mm-hmm. All right. So he said his head was swimming with ideas about stadium autocrosses and HPD track days and back mm-hmm. road hooning and all the stuff <laughs> for which the Fiesta ST is uniquely suited. But two years later, he has to accept that a time-intensive job, an even more time-intensive five-year-old son, not to mention cost, Mm -hmm. he said these are rendering these activities just an aspiration, at least for now. And he said even the canyon carving doesn't come easy because he's out in Queens and has confirmed that every challenging curve within a 75-mile radius is currently occupied by... A rim-bending pothole, a police cruiser, or a lumbering <laughs> casino-bound motor coach. <laughs> and sometimes all three. I, this, is a, this is a fantastic description. Well written, Charlie. Yeah, yeah. Well written. He says, I don't really ranch. I don't really mod. So the car club and the forum scene, not really his thing. So he says, it's not that the Fiesta ST is bad for daily commuting. As a matter of fact, we've recommended it many times. Yeah, and we have. And a lot of you have recommended or written into us saying, I own one. I, I'm stealthy yeah. in New York. I park it. Besides the molten the orange color, it's not yeah, really yeah. stealthy. But, Which is the only thing I you do, know. But, that, but I'm not normal. Yeah. <laughs> I do own them. So he says, it's not that the commuting duty has been the sole assignment. He says, it's fun running around town. And we agree. You know, mm-hmm, For sure. Just the quick usage of the car, the quick blast, the on-ramps mm-hmm. of the freeway, all that kind of stuff is very fun. He said it's nimble, quick, easy to park. We agree. Dirt cheap to own. So this does factor into the debate here. Yes, it does. Yeah. And not so precious that he can't leave it on the street. That also factors in. It's a lot of good boxes checked here. For a car that isn't being driven to its potential, it's still doing awfully well in this listing. But keep going. So he says, well, you know, he's, you know, regularly exposed to its worst flaws, the awful interior and jarring ride. Mm Mm-hmm. But he says he feels his inability to use the car properly and enjoy its talents is ruining the experience. Hmm. Hmm. That's tough. That's a huge admission, Charlie. That's tough, yeah. He said cruising to work at four tenths is a constant reminder of all the fun he's not having. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And it's the best car he's ever owned, and driving it kind of bums him out. So at what point do we all admit to ourselves that we'd be happier in the car that you need rather than the car that you want? This is interesting. This is a, like a social experiment. Wow. Email. Charlie, I'm going to start real personally here. And you just heard me talk about the Lotus. And I just got out of a Corolla hybrid, no less, into the Lotus Elise. And <laughs> it's like two divergent flavors. It seriously it's like is. Curry yes. and mint. It's yeah. like, <laughs> it was kind of like two that. different flavors. Like, it was very well, much like different. that. Yeah, for sure. For no sure. sorbet in between? No. Nothing? Yeah, exactly. One had to be the sorbet for the other. <laughs> but but along those lines, one of the things we talked about with the Corolla, which is wildly best-selling car in general, and here it is in hybrid form, 
I talked a little bit in that piece, and again, I'm ruining it for the couple of months from now when the Fast Blast comes out, but we talked about how solid it is as just a commuting appliance. Now, this show is dedicated about not being about the appliance. Absolutely, yeah. But where do you live and how do you commute? And I've said this before, and I, and I, and I truly mean this. As a guy who you've heard me talk about it, heard me talk about it five minutes ago, I own a Lotus Elise, and I love to drive it. I always love to drive it. But... That car every now and then, and this happens a few times a year, I'll wind up going into Salt Lake, which, <laughs> look, Salt Lake has more traffic than Park City, but that's not saying much. Salt Lake, compared to Los Angeles, has no traffic. None. Zero. I mean, comparatively. It's got traffic. Sure. But you start comparing it like, traffic in L.A., it's like, this hasn't even... Well, north-south direction, There's Salt some, Lake has traffic. But, yes, but but it, you can calculate it, and but, it, it does keep moving, and these kind of things Toronto, LA, Atlanta, seriously, Houston, seriously, uh, you know... Seattle. When I get the Elise into stop-and-go traffic, I start to sweat for two reasons. One, I have to turn off the air conditioner because the temperature is going up. <laughs> two, the temperature keeps going up. That car hates to sit still in just heat radiating off the pavement. Look, there's a dump truck beside me. It's not fun in stop-and-go at all. Yeah. And if yeah. I lived in a situation where I had to sit in stop-and-go traffic all the time, I would either not own the Elise or rarely ever drive that car. And I love it. That's also a huge admission for you. Yes. So what you're supposed to do, Charlie, apparently is move. That's the answer, right? <laughs> Thanks for listening. Now we're selling real estate on the Everyday Driver Car Debate. That's a great idea. We found you a house. We didn't find you a car. Sponsored is, by Zillow. This anyway, is, yeah. This is about finding you the right property next to the curvy road. <laughs> Let's go shop roads, and then we'll shop houses. That. What a great thought. We're shopping roads first, then we're shopping your car. So we, we plant you. Here's where you move. Yeah. Then, okay, we got to get you a job somewhere nearby, but fine. You know, we'll get <laughs> job, you. Job schmop. You, you can have a commuter car and you can have a fun car because you're next to the road. Everyday driver starts doing planned communities next to fun you driving imagine? roads. Frightening. Wow. This is a huge mission for you. but It's true, though. Okay, but you're not in that situation. I'm not. You're, is it easier said than none? Because it's easy to sit here and say, yeah, I wouldn't own it, but... You just got back in it, drove over here, mm -hmm. and you loved it. I did. So you I did. didn't. I mean, but my you're no longer is, having to have the model on your shelf, looking at mm -hmm, it in. Right. I love it. You know, anticipation. Man, mm -hmm. I wish I could be driving that car. But I. But here's, I guess what I'm saying is, and granted, I li I like hardcore stuff, as we obviously know. I would back off a step. I would be back in something like an '86 chassis or a Cayman or something that. I, and I know this may seem sacrilege, but if literally if I was doing like the 405 crawl every day, I'd be in an automatic. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'd be in an yeah, automatic yeah. sports car, but it would be a sports car that was much more focused on still having. Good good handling dynamics and seats and that kind of stuff. But can I just sit here and do the lift off the brake pedal, do the aut automatic transmission creep thing? So, uh, I mean, think about this, an automatic 86, an automatic base Cayman, mm -hmm. something mm -hmm. that I can just zone and do that stop and go and be much happier than sitting in the rattly overheating, this is not where this car belongs, Lotus. And yeah, you'd have to carve specific time out of your schedule to go drive that car. I mean, I and would I is the question. I mean, that, that's Charlie's question here. Well, came in with a PDK is not a bad option. Just saying. yeah, you've done okay. You've done okay. You know, kind of kind of does both. You, you've done okay on that. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, we know that's not the option here for Charlie. And I've got a monster thought here for you, Charlie. I'm not trying to be Captain Obvious or anything like that. But the thought here is for the cars that don't satisfy in driving fun. They're not satisfying us because either we can't use them or they're just not satisfactory like mm -hmm. Corollas, despite my lukewarm patch appreciation for the XSE. Yes. Do they need to instead satisfy us in the tech experience, the in-car experience? Mm -hmm. And this is the divergence from where car manufacturers are going because we saw it with Mercury years ago yeah. and you ranted yeah, yeah. about Mercury oh, yeah. going off that their car had Bluetooth. I mean, this was 15 years ago. It you was, were going, yeah. You're selling it. It's there's no drive-by shots. It's mm -hmm. like you know when you see the beer commercial. There's no poor shot. <laughs> there's no beautiful car driving by in the mountain road. Where is that shot? It was the spokes model. Mm -hmm. She was standing in front of the Mercury, whatever it was, yeah. and said, "You can buy our car with Bluetooth." Yeah. And you went squawk. What? Yeah. Explode. Well, because, volcano eruption. Because literally, it was clear that the entire car commercial was done, and the car didn't even have to have an engine for that car commercial. It didn't. To work. Didn't have to move. Nothing. Didn't even have to roll it through a shot. 
It didn't. Yeah. So that was, I think, one of the beginning commercials where we saw cars being sold on the merits of their tech inside, mm-hmm. and it had nothing to do with how they drive. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Yeah. There was no, yeah. it was a car in a showroom. It was easy to shoot. It was a cheap commercial. Pay the spokes model and mm-hmm. say these words, and we're selling a car based on some tech. Yeah. How many times do we continue to see that? Yeah. It's a lot. It's growing, I'd say. Well, and especially with the proliferation of tech. Totally. And the number of cars now where one of the top selling points is Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, which I have to say are are features I would want. They're awesome. Yes. Oh, yeah. They're awesome. Absolutely. Yes. But uh, advertisers tug on our heartstrings for the thing that's most important. It isn't Mm -hmm. the driving experience. It's the safety. And Subaru saying, well, you can have our cars long enough so your newly turned 16-year-old can drive it away and you see your little baby in the... (laughs) You know what I mean. They're talking oh, yeah. on a heartstrings. Oh, I know, yeah. But it's based on safety or tech or mm-hmm. everything else. And Todd and I are going, well, where's the driving experience? Yeah, where's the, for sure. you know, the tires folding sure. under the rim around the... <laughs> come on, show me the speed. Show me the rock chips. Come yeah. on. Yeah. That's just not happening. So my point is here, how about short bursts of joy? Okay. What I alluded to earlier, Charlie, was the joy coming from the acceleration blast in open traffic or up an on-ramp or things where they excel in those short moments where mm-hmm. you can be like, yeah, I love driving. Oh, I'm back in commuting. Mm-hmm. So I found a 2019 Chevy Bolt Premier with 9,000 miles mm. for $25,000. That's interesting. It meets your requirements because it's not precious. Okay. You just told us you don't care about the Fiesta. It's got a decent ride. Now, it's heavier than your average hot hatch. Yes. But if you look at it through your rose-colored glasses of, this is actually a hot hatch, <laughs> and you, you point instead from Fiesta over to Chevy Bolt, because the interior, I think, is of better quality. It's more interesting than a Fiesta ST. Yeah. It has more tech. It's more interesting to look at. And let's be honest, the reason that we're all doing everything else and you're trying to steer your car with your phone is because you're, you're uninterested in what's <laughs> you're out the windshield. Phone. Yeah. We're fair. bored. I yeah. think speed limits are too low because anyway, separate but thing, separate, whole, whole separate, separate rabbit trail. We're yeah. so bored yeah. that we're looking at, we're doing everything else. There's mm-hmm. lipstick and smoking and newspapers and cereal and toast mm-hmm. and everything else in the car. Have, have you seen, you've seen it, haven't you? You've seen the weird looking, almost looks like a tray you'd put in front of a child on a high chair, but it's a tray that hangs on the, on the steering wheel. What? There's a tray. You're not that has kidding, little, are you? No, I'm, I'm not kidding at all. It's a tray that has little hooks around the top, and, and it, its diameter is enough. The, the gap is, is enough that if you put it over a steering wheel, it stops about three, two-thirds of the way down. You can actually have a tray in front of you on the steering wheel. Now, you know, airbags, that tray are probably not going to be your friend, but your tray will be embedded in your forehead. But I've also seen the things, you know, the sales guy things. That is the the cushion is a triangle, so it sits in the passenger seat, and you have your whole like extra desk that sits over there. I mean, the the things that get accomplished in traffic is staggering, and makes us all, honestly. When I see that stuff, I'm like, you know what? Bring autonomous cars already, because clearly we're no not driving. Kidding. But th- this Ugh. is the thing that's an interesting struggle here, Charlie. Is I, I'm very struck by the fact that this situation is making you not like that car. You know it's you know it's brilliant. <laughs> Zillow.com. If you, you live somewhere else, you'd love a car. <laughs> you know it's brilliant. And I will say to you right now, I, when I'm sitting in the Lotus, and, I, and this happened probably about a month ago. I had this experience. My son was with me. We were in Salt Lake. It was the middle of the summer. It was very hot. There was literally a gravel truck to my left that I could not see past, some big dually pickup ahead of me, mm-hmm. a stream of traffic going on the right side, and the temperature in the Lotus is just climbing one degree at a time. Mm-hmm. Honestly... I didn't like the Lotus in that moment. Yeah. Okay? Sure. Because I just thought, this is the wrong car for this. Yeah. And yeah. if you're having that experience regularly, I do think it's time to get rid of the Fiesta ST. I don't know that the GTI is the answer. It's a, it's a good alternative. I don't know what's the answer. I like your Bolt, by the way, Paul. But I do think you've reached a place where that's a pivot point for you to get rid of that car. Now, we know people that commute in the Fiesta ST and love it. But you're not feeling like you use it. I think you have to enjoy a car enough. Back to your initial question. You have to enjoy a car enough in the things it thrives at where you feel like you and the car are going, yeah, this is why this exists. This is why this Mm -hmm. is in my life. If that's not happening a good percentage of the time, I think this is a worthwhile struggle to be like, what do I need? Because it's not this. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, I think what both you and I are coming to is getting the right tool for the job. And there is, there's admitting, you've admitted it, Charlie's admitted it. I mean, I'm fortunate and blessed to live in a place where, you know, we can own fun cars and go 
have twisty roads and that kind of thing. But I think I'm in the same situation too. I haven't really put as much thought to it, but I think if, you know, I had to commute and you can't use your car, I'd probably be in the same situation. I'd look for something that I can still enjoy. Mm -hmm. And so back to my bolt, you were, it's invisible. It's invisible in traffic. It's invisible parked. It's not precious. You can hose the interior out. It's like styrofoam (laughs) cooler material. It is like styrofoam cooler material, which is weird. Watch our our electrics episode. First episode of season three, that versus the model three. It, you make the comment that it looks like one of those styrofoam cooler textures. And then I show a shot where it looks like one of those styrofoam cooler textures. It really does. It's weird. Yeah. So not only can you hose it out, but you'll be fully insulated too, (laughs) hot or cold. That's how a thermos knows, right? That's very funny. You'll be insulated. My point is, you're commuting, and the Bolt now has enough range, Mm, mm. and it's enough of a car, and I I like that it is a car, Mm -hmm. and I I like that it is an alternative, and they're they're 25 grand, barely used, and when you put it in the fun mode, you put it in sport, and you nail it, it jumps to life, but for that very short on-ramp, that very short, hey, I've got a hole in traffic, and I can Mm -hmm. out-accelerate all of you guys, because Mm -hmm. torque... Yeah. So I can instantly accelerate safely to that, you know, a new optimal position in traffic where you want. I'm not saying do it all the time because then that lane will pass you and you'll grind your teeth. Because this is traffic, yeah. But you know what I mean? The the places where it can excel and you can just quick, you know, Mm -hmm. be spry and you can get around the corner, get around wherever because it's got that electric motor torque. And it's invisible. It is still a hot hatch, but it's got the tech. I'm Mm. coming towards the tech of entertainment and now i'm thinking about you know electric range and i'm i'm in a different headspace yeah. about it and not thinking well this car belongs on a canyon road cuz no it doesn't it belongs yeah. where you are yeah but it could still be fun and 25 grand i don't know if you can buy a used tesla model 3 for 25 grand no, right now i don't think so i don't and think so a model 3 could do the same thing i'm talking about mm-hmm. but the bolts less I, I'm wondering about this car for you. I really am. Because That's interesting. Okay. I, I got into it. When, when we had that Bolt, there were mm-hmm. a few instances I just thought, all right, it's a Bolt, but what can she do? What can yeah, she really do? I always think that way. Yeah, Flat sure. to the floor. Like, yeah. wow, there's some spice in here. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, that's because of electric motors. You know, you, you've hit on something interesting here for Charlie, and I want to unpack it a little bit further. Charlie, the, th- the thing I think is fascinating what Paul's done, and I actually want to speak to an actual car for a second, is let's get you an experience that is different enough that you're not thinking about the fact that you left the Fiesta. That's going to be wistfully looking over your shoulder. And, yeah. You know, because you, you, you open st- your wallet you and st- the photo falls out <laughs> you of your Fiesta. You have the old ST. wrinkled cornered photo <laughs> yeah. that you stare at. By the way, that that's on my list of pet peeves in movies. <laughs> where they put the photo of the loved they, ones on the airplane control where, panel, the instrument no, panel. Here's the thing. Tuck if, it if, into if, a gauge. If, if you're in World War II and you do it, I'll actually give you a pass. Okay? <laughs> but if you're in anything in the modern time... Where you were in a modern house or airplane or whatever, and you pull out the wrinkled edge photo. No, you don't. That is a lazy screenwriter right there. That is a lazy screen. Anyway, sorry. Sorry. I'm bridging myself back to reality. No. I think you need enough of a different experience that you're thinking about the new parts of the experience instead of, this isn't as fun as the Fiesta. That's important. That's a problem because the GTI, I'm concerned it might get you there. I wonder about something rear-wheel drive. Okay, okay. Right. Different experience. But that led me to off of your bolt category. Hang on. Okay. Two thoughts here, Charlie. This turned into a car debate. I love it. BMW i3, how far is your commute? Well, that's true. That's BMW true. BMW i3 is rear wheel drive. You can, they were 45, 50 grand. They still are. You can get a gorgeous one for 15 to 18. Interiors coated in bamboo. They're rear wheel drive. Good. They're very different. Why not yeah, make that are. your commute car? And why not embrace a car, like you said, tech, and now we're even talking electric, that is so different that you're, it, it's hard to even compare and contrast with the mm-hmm, Fiesta. It's mm-hmm. a different category of vehicle. Yes, exactly. And so now you're exactly. having a totally new experience. And then if you're spending, I'm just thinking out loud here, if you're spending 15 to 18 to get an i3, mm. how far in the life of your son and your current crazy life, if you get to a place where you can carve out time where now I could go on a back road, now I could do some autocross. This is when you buy the five to ten thousand dollar Miata. Oh, good, good. So you don't yeah. spend like don't turn around and I spend like that. thirty grand getting the brand new GTI. And no, don't do that. No. Get yourself a commute car. Maybe embrace something like an i three, and then you can go have a commute car. Be a commute car. Let it do what it's good at. Sure. And then think about you are a car enthusiast. Think about when do you when could you when can you find time involve your son. 
hey, my work got a little easier. Whatever it is, it may be five years down the line. When you now, because you didn't spend a ton of money on this commute car and you've done what it ne- is necessary, you'll get the itch back to drive fast. Go get a car <laughs> that is the right tool, like you said, right tool for the job, then. Charlie, you know what Todd's done here. He's, he's you know, discovered the cake and eat it too kind of solution. You, you, you see that, right? I'm trying, yeah, yeah. Because he's right, the itch will never go away. You're going to think, all right. Man, do I wish I had that Fiesta ST to go grind the tires into dust and have the fun? Okay, sure. That's when you you do the five thousand dollar NB Miata. Mm-hmm. Great, yeah, do that. But we do need something as the primary something, and yes. I like that yes. electric is the is the category out of left field for mm-hmm. you at this point in time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it it's maybe something you haven't considered. So mm-hmm. you you owe yourself a drive in those cars because maybe it'll feed something else inside of you, a, a little piece of joy that you get yeah. out of driving, yeah. and then you can still reserve plenty of time over here sure. for future fun cars and future driving. And all of this to say, there, there's honestly, Charlie, there's nothing fundamentally wrong with the GTI in your scenario. No, I just no. think it's it's close enough categorically to what the Fiesta ST is that I think you're going to compare and contrast a lot. You're going to like being in the GTI a lot more. Sure. But when you have the the on-ramp or the whatever thing where the Fiesta would have just made you really laugh, yeah. the GTI is going to be fun. And then, and then you'll say to yourself, well, my Fiesta ST could have done this exactly. better. And, and I, that's, man, do I miss my car. That's and, why it would be interesting maybe to just step know. completely out of that. Yeah. That's why you and I have been joking about me having a Phaeton. We were talking about the fact that the Phaeton may actually be the other end of the spectrum of sacrifice without leaving cars. It's, Absolutely. If I have a Lotus and a Phaeton, I've pretty much covered the gamut. They are the opposites. I'm they still really not going to tell you how it drives. Yeah, I know. They're the opposites, though. Believe me. Charlie, thanks for writing in. If you've got your own Topic Tuesday, really love to send, love to hear it so we can talk about it on the podcast. Summer's here, and with that comes sunshine and blistering hot car interiors. I know that leather seat seemed like a great idea at the time until you scalded your legs. All you need is a custom sunscreen from Covercraft. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car, and they keep your car a lot cooler while you're off enjoying the sunshine or whatever you're doing. I have used these for years, and I'm telling you, I swear by them. These custom sunscreens from Covercraft are available in a whole range of colors, and they're a simple, affordable way for you to keep your car cooler all summer long and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens from Covercraft. It's one of our favorite car accessories. And remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code EVERYDAY right now at Covercraft.com, or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. We're often asked how we find the cars we recommend because we do a lot of research for the show. Local or nationwide, our searches start with our friends at Auto Tempest. Instead of searching each car site separately, you can enter your parameters into Auto Tempest one time and search them all at once. You can see results from cars.com, cars direct, eBay, and more, or you can jump to Auto Trader and Car Gurus without entering anything new. You can even search all of Craigslist nationwide. You know how hard it is to search Craigslist all at once? You can with Auto Tempest. Auto Tempest can help you find your next new or used car if there's a dozen in your neighborhood or two in the entire country. Plus, the folks at Auto Tempest actually do listen to this very podcast right along with you, and they're always looking for ways to refine the site to make it better. They already have research tools, buyer and seller guides, and are listening to what features users want. So if we give you drive homework or you're chasing your dream car or you're just looking to feed the disease, autotempest.com is the place to start. Heck, I was honored an hour ago. Sean M. is writing to us from L.A., <laughs> yeah. practically begging us to save him from a horrible commute. Did you notice this? He said, <laughs> well, again, we're back to moving. Well, really, true. If we're going to save you true. from the horrible commute, you're going to have to move or change jobs. And unfortunately, we are not your guys <laughs> to help you with either of the above. If you're familiar with L.A. at all, you probably know where Six Flags Magic Mountain is. So he's out there, mm-hmm. and he drives every day from there to LAX. Yes, this is a total of four hours a day, two hours each way in the car. This is a distance-wise, not a long way, actually. Not terribly long. I mean, but it's, it's a good distance, but yeah. two hours, and it's, it's, you can count on traffic almost any completely. time of the day. Completely. And from where that location is, there's only one way into Los Angeles. It's a bottleneck. Yes. There's not yes. another mm-hmm. alternate route you could take that adds time, but you're still no. moving kind no, of thing. No, no, no. There's one direction that you can go. And if something happens, a truck catches on fire or anything like that, <laughs> yes. which you're right. actually happens, you're right. Yeah. You're screwed. The yeah. traffic backs up until San Diego. <laughs> and San Diego traffic backs up to LA. <laughs> the whole, it's an it's awesome little really area. Weird. Yeah. It's 
For like, sure. I'm in Phoenix? What? <laughs> but Sean just knows that he's got two hours ahead of him one way. Yeah. And he has a needs-to-be-put-out-to-pasture or possibly Viking uh, burial, a 2012 Kia Rio. I like Fire Pit. A Kia Rio Fire Pit. You go, yeah, you just par- park. Doesn't can, that sound great? Do you have a backyard? Can you park in a backyard? And take off the roof. No and flowers. Just, just, just make pit. it a fire pit. We're going to sit around the Rio. That's right. That, that'll be your new term. Just come on over tonight. We'll sit around the Rio. <laughs> we'll light just a fire. Warm our hands. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> we have a mutual friend who puts out a diver down flag when he's at home and you want to come over for drinks. And you, you wonder, well, is he, is he home? Yeah. Is it, and he puts his diver down flag and you're like, yep, there he is. He actually, coming seriously, over for drinks. He actually, he was looking for a flag <laughs> to indicate the fact that, because he, he lives off of it, doesn't matter, but he lives off this area where it's lots of foot traffic yeah. and lots of bike traffic and it's like a near touristy area in Park City and so he's like hey any of you guys that know me you want to come by come by and we're all like how are we going to know if you're there and so he's like I'll put out a flag so he literally went to the scuba store and got a yeah. plastic diver down flag <laughs> and it hangs outside his, it's very funny so anyway, you yeah. know when he's home when Robin's home so alright so he loves stick shift Sean loves stick, stick shift here yes but LA traffic and he says his knee says no more and since um, the Rio is a gutless wonder here. Yes, that's mm. being nice. I, I'm he's, being he's, I'm he's doing what he can to be nice about this car, but he's acknowledging it has no power. <laughs> I can't handle the, the transmission anymore. I'm in it for two hours a day. It's time to be done. Yeah. There's an interesting sentence in here, Sean. You said paddle shifting sounds like fun, but you've heard that they tend to be worthless. Not so. Not so. Yeah. They can be good. He was considering a civic sport touring, but wondered, is there a better fit for him? Okay. Yes, there are many. And you've noticed, as I mentioned before, there's no budget in here, mm-hmm. but Kia Rios are inexpensive, so we're talking, I don't know, 15? Somewhere but see, there? But here's, here's see, here's the thing talking? I've extrapolated. I think it's higher than that. I looked up the civic sport touring. They're what, 25? 28. 28. Okay. okay. So I went, all right, I'm assuming you've got between 25 and 30. Okay, that's uh, all right. Which all aligned right. perfectly with my sniper shot. No now, kidding. I, I have to admit a couple of things here, Sean. Yes, there are other options. There are, I, I will tell you my sniper shot in a second. I will tell you why. There are a half dozen other cars I could list that I think would work for you. What you want is a nice place to sit. You for want sure. a for decent sure. transmission. Uh, look, there are good paddle shifts out there, but uh, you know, ultimately what you're looking for is an automatic that's decent. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a paddle mm-hmm. shift. I think in your case, you're probably better off without a dual clutch. You need just an automatic. I don't want you in a CVT. I want you in a real automatic. Uh, so that's fine. Maybe you can shift it. Maybe you can't. But who cares? It's an automatic. You're commuting in it. But decent power. You say you'd like to get up at Mulholland, which tells me that you take the offshoot when you get to the hill on the 405. You don't do the 405. Oh. You do the Mulholland, which is okay. fantastic and okay. actually kind of a driver's road. Okay. Up and over to get to Getty. You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah. Sure. I think you take – because you call out Mulholland. I think you're on there. Okay. Or or actually – or that's Sepulveda right there, isn't it? That's Sepulveda down past Getty. Yeah, And then he he might go all the way to LAX on Sepulveda. He might. He might. Anyway, sorry. We're off into LA. Uh, We're practically doing live ways here right now. (laughs) Anyway. Let's get you something that can go up hills. You say that the Rio is not great for hills, so it needs a little bit of power. I want you to enjoy this car. Nice place to sit, but also good to drive. You ready for the sniper shot? I'm ready. Civic Touring. Good good option. 28 grand. But you know what you can get starting at 29 grand? Uh-oh. The current Mazda 6 with the turbo. That's right. They did put the turbo in that car. 250 horsepower, 300 pound-feet of torque. You say you're a big guy, 61270, plenty of space in that car. There were two of them at the Utah meetup and they hung with everybody. Really? And we did driver's roads. Really? They hung with everybody, okay? Mm. That is a car that you would genuinely enjoy when the road is curvy. You will enjoy it. It's a nice, comfortable interior for big guys when you are sitting still in traffic. Lots of power. Six-speed automatic transmission. Tons of trunk space. Beautiful cars. I'm just – look, I thought of other options, and I went every other option. I just keep coming back to Mazda 6 with a turbo. Hmm. Done. Pretty good. I, interesting. Sean, my headspace started in two places for you. 
the length of time that you're in traffic is two hours. Mm-hmm. You gotta have a nice place to sit. Yes. Let's start with your body. You gotta completely. have a nice completely. place to sit. Todd, I've always proclaimed Volvo and BMW is the best seats. Now, mm-hmm. they're good. Fortunately, many auto manufacturers are coming up with great seats, and you know you can always say, "Well, sure, I could replace the seats." Who often does that? Mm-hmm. Unless you're a track rat, or unless you're really hardcore about it, it's not often that we as people just replace the seats in the car. They're bolted to the car and that kind of defines the car Mm. many times. So we've always said Volvo and BMW. And I started thinking around there. Then I also started thinking about turbos because you said power. So I'm glad you said the Mazda six turbo. I said, all right, you need good place to sit Mm -hmm. with a turbo. Mm -hmm. Those are the two solutions. Fortunately, Volvo and BMW both qualify in that category. Yes, yes. They're both expensive cars. Mm-hmm. And because LA is so big and has so many repair shops and so many dealerships, I'm not even looking at maintenance. Mm-hmm. And both mm-hmm. these cars will run to high miles. You didn't even say that I need something hot for corners. That didn't even True. come into play. True. Even Sepulveda, when there's traffic... When there's no traffic, it's great, but that's yeah. like you know three in the morning on a Sunday night. Did you catch it at the right time? Yeah. So I'm not even going towards. All right, we got a corner, you know, yeah, well yeah, on yeah. Mulholland and all that stuff. That's not even where my headspace is at. I just want you to be able to bomb through traffic. Electric is a consideration, but I don't, I don't know. Eh, I don't know. Maybe his uh, maybe he's he's got to have the latest and greatest in electric. If he's doing that commute two yes. four hours a day, you've got to have something that is very recent. Like my i three from the last car debate wouldn't work here. I agree. I agree with anyway. With go on. So I started thinking about BMW two series, and I also a tertiary thought is the in car entertainment, the the driving experience. Sure, like yeah, we were yeah. talking about earlier for the topic Tuesday. And you're going to want all the latest everything to hook up your phone and be hands-free and have Sirius XM radio Mm -hmm. and have Apple CarPlay and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, maybe cooled seats, maybe heated seats, all those kinds of things. So we're talking more of a luxurious car. Yeah. If you're talking that much, indeed, 28 grand, 30 grand, could you get an XC40? It's Mm. an SUV. Okay. But I love the interaction. I loved the feeling of the IP and the simplicity but beauty of the interior and the fact that I just wanted to get back in the car. I like being in the car. It's a very nice place to be. Yes. New, they start 33, 34,000. Yeah. Then they get loaded up and they go well past 40. But I'm wondering mm-hmm. if you shop well, could you find anything mm. that is 30-ish? Or get a six-month, uh, one-year-old one, maybe. They've been around long Something enough now like that it's that. possible. It's possible. I was also thinking, you know, a lower car, like a two-series, mm-hmm. small, nimble, turbo, you know, good interior, all those things, great seats, because you don't want to get out of the car, you know, and unstick yourself and true, you know, true. your back is screaming at you. And yeah. Your back already hurts and you just got to work. That's not good. That is not good. Yeah. Cause then you're spending all your day, you know, working hard and then you come home two hours. Ugh. I want you to look forward to the car and being in the environment rather than yeah. here's what the car yeah. can do. I think that's good. So I come to the Volvo XC40. I, I'm looking at that car for you. It's got a turbo and it's zippy and it, you know, you can get on it. It's like, whoa, okay, there's some power. Great, love that. There's some space in there. You want to clear town. You want to go do some stuff. You want to take it to the beach. There's a bit of space in there. Mm-hmm. There are others in this category. A, yeah. a Mazda CX-5 could work. Something sure. Like yeah, that. yeah. Don't think the turbo is available on the CX-5 though. Uh, I believe is so. It, is it available? If it so. is available, that is a, a good car to look at. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I I want there to be, you know, a few more car choices in there that will be, you know, same kind of thing, but Well, I mean, we're we're I, just, I love an XS60. We're you. just a stutter step much. under the Hyundai Genesis, but I don't think that works for this budget. I, I think that's think so just either. above. I think once we get like 35, we're out for where what I I'm extrapolating I'm trying here to keep for it Sean. small too because I could go into the, you know, larger 3 series, the mm-hmm. G70 like you said. Um you could say stinger, you could yeah, say yeah. you know a little bit larger, maybe, maybe yeah. those might work, but ultimately what your email is crying out for, I think, is driving homework. Hmm. You, I mean, I hear your sniper shot. Mazda 6 Turbo, man. I hear that. Go That's ha- got to go, be on the list. Go have a driving homework and be done. I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> driving homework sniper shot. You Love better it. believe it, man. I think we're Love it. there. I, really I, there I think there's others. some others I, that I you need to, to drive and just keep those two categories in mind for your budget for those two things. Unfortunately, car websites don't really allow you to shop by seats and turbo. 
<laughs> you, you kind of have to have an idea. But should, should we talk to the folks at Auto Tempest and be like, we, we, can we have a category that's the everyday driver checkbox and it's just seats and turbo? These are the things we're Today looking it's for. it's just seats and turbo. And that's then terrible. tomorrow it's just, you know, I just want a steering rack with this ratio. <laughs> Everything else could be stripped out of the car and I don't we're care. We're searching by steering I'm ratio searching by seats. steering rack ratio. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's awesome. We can really do automatic versus manual. Why can't we do turbos and seats? That's very funny. I like it. <laughs> All right, Sean, please let us know how your driving homework goes. Yeah. We'd love to. There's a myriad of hot hatches that could work. There's a myriad of, you know, sort of smaller cars that work could work. The new Mazda 3 could work brilliantly. Yeah, it, it could, could be great. It could. I just want you to be refreshed when you arrive at work. And I but I like that Mazda 3 doesn't have the fun turbo of the Mazda 6. No, it doesn't. I'm just saying. You need a turbo. That's, and he's that's... a big guy and he wants some space. Let's get let's get Sean some luxury. <laughs> I'm standing on that one. I haven't right. had a sniper shot in a while and I It has been a while. Pull right. away from the scope and going done. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. All right, we've got to jump to social media questions. What did mm-hmm. you find here? Hal Bullock has thrown down a track daily crush haven't done one of these in a while. Civic Type R M2 997911 track daily crush. Oh, we like all three. Ooh. We've we've recommended all three. I do think I have an answer and it's crush okay. the civic. Okay. Okay. Commute in the DCT version of the M2 and track that great 6-speed version of the 997911. Hopefully a hot one. Hopefully a hot variant, but 997911 is the track car. And the M2 DCT is the commute car, and I'm a very happy boy. Hmm. I I think I'm with you on that. That that's fair. And the Type R is great. The Type it's, R is it's well. genuinely great. But the problem is, it's six speed for commuting, and I'd rather be in rear wheel drive on the track. Though the Civic Type R is brilliant on it's the track. Brilliant too. on the track. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. Huh. I I hate. To... Not easy. It's not easy. Ah. But that's the landing. All right. I'm I'm gonna leave that one alone because I. I for the most part, I agree with you. There's some caveats here and there, but yeah. for the most part, I agree. It's a question from Benedict J here on Facebook, who really wants a 3000 GT. Okay. That is the hot car from Mitsubishi from the early 90s. Yes, it was the direct competitor to the Supra and the RX-7 uh-huh. and the 300ZX that I love. And the all NSX, those, those all guys, those yep. cars. He does not want the issues and maintenance of the VR4, which was the all-wheel steering, all-wheel mm-hmm. drive, mm-hmm. hotter engine. The All the tech all we can throw at Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about the SL model? Would it be a mistake to find a good, inexpensive version of this and just enjoy it? Or would we, he said, would I regret not getting the big one, the VR4? Depends on whether or not your lesser one runs. So I was watching Wheeler Dealers, and they found a VR4, and they went over it, and you know they've got the active spoiler on the rear that has the actuator, and that was mm-hmm. broken, yeah. and... They went through all of it. Yeah, and, and it was broken. Yeah, It was broken, and they had to replace the lifters. <laughs> they went through all of it, and it was broken. You know, they, they Thank make you the for show, watching. Yeah. They make it look pretty easy, but there's a lot of sleuthing for parts and ordering yes. them, and there's yes. a lot of behind the scenes to, hey, and I just happened to have the 1991 part for well, that and I, thing. And I want to know how often that phone call works, because it's like, I'm calling from Wheeler Dealers on Motor Trend and the BBC. I do have that part. I could find <laughs> exactly. that part for you. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway. So they had that car. They refreshed it, restored it, of course. Mm-hmm. Looks great. Drives great. But you have to, you know, ask yourself, are you willing to go spend more money and find one that actually is great or, you know, like you said, the maintenance of the, the mm-hmm. hotter one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff might not work. The hydraulic leak might not actuate the rear steering, which was the benefit of having that car in the first mm-hmm. place. So if the stuff doesn't work and you yeah. still buy it, you're either going to have to commit and get the the stuff fixed or, as you said, go back to the, the, uh, the SL. But I'm curious, all that aside, okay. why the 3000 GT? Mm-hmm. Was it styling? Mm-hmm. Was it how it drove? Have you driven one? Yeah. Because if you haven't, I want you to drive one and then come back to us and say, all right, because there's more modern, you know, newer cars mm-hmm. that are still inexpensive, <clears throat> Hyundai Veloster N, that will <laughs> yeah, light your ooh, hair yeah. on fire and be amazing. Yeah. So you have to weigh that against, I bought this 3000 GT for cheap put a bunch of money into it. I got mm, the big boy mm. and I put the money into it and I ended up sp- spending like 18 grand or well, but here's what a, are your other choices. Here's a thought also on the big boy question. How, how lesser than what you could have gotten is the lesser model going to feel than whatever car you're stepping out of or whatever other modern stuff you've driven. Because one of the things that's interesting about the big boys from the 90s is they f- have all the great classic analog stuff. And I'm talking about all these cars we're talking about. 
They have all the great classic analog stuff, but they also have performance that starts to feel like it's still relevant. So if you're below okay. those, you have you have performance where you're like, I really could have gotten more performance out of a mundane modern car. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so then I think that's actually the bigger question than just should I have gotten the big boy of this? It's just why did I step to this level? There, there's, there's a fine line there, and it's a personal thing. <laughs> is it but just I'm driven by Radwood? Is it just Radwood? <laughs> hey, they're awesome. I agree. But, but it is amazing. A Radwood how... car shouldn't be your daily unless it's really awesome, right? It should be that secondary <laughs> you tertiary love it that car. Much. I do like it. I, I do like it. Matt Guerrero on Instagram said he's testing our car knowledge. Is there another car besides the twins? Now, that's the, the FRS, the 86 chassis. That's the FRS now called the 86 or the Subaru BRZ. Is a car besides the twins with four seats, rear-wheel drive, and under 3,000 pounds. He's struggling to think of one. He's in Europe trying to find a small car that could maybe fit a toddler in the back. Mm. The closest he can get is the BMW 1 Series and the 911, but he thinks they're both over 3,000 pounds. This is difficult, Mm. but I have one for you. Oh, good. Good. 944 Porsche. Nice. Nice. Less than 3,000 pounds, does have small jump seats in the rear, is still a hatchback like the FRS uh, BRZ. You've got a little bit of space in the back. Look, you're probably going to be in the situation I was always in in the FRS, which is I'm in the driver's seat and my son's happy in the back seat because I push the passenger seat forward. Okay. okay. All right. But sure. if it's not three of you going, or if you're a family that's not a, a, doesn't have a tree in it like me, you can be better off. But the 944, they're cheap and they do all of this. So that's my first candidate. Hmm. All right. I hear you on that. As a uh, car but furniture related question from Murphy's Mid Century sure. on Instagram, who Great. asked me. Paul, you have an extra $5,000. Do I buy a winter beater or a 60s Eames lounger? Hmm. Grr. I, grr, I want one. How'd you know I want one so bad? If He's you want to see to the this chair, <laughs> I, want, I have no idea. Yeah. Go to Design Within Reach, DWR.com, and go to the Living tab, and you can find the Eames lounge chair in Ottoman, which is one of the classic designs from Charles and Ray Eames. Actually, yeah, late 50s, early 60s, somewhere in there. It's it's brilliant. I want the walnut with the ivory leather. <laughs> They're more than five grand. They're, the one I want would be closer to seven, but <clears throat> I want a winter beater. That's the problem. Dang it. I'd probably go for the winter beater at this point because of purposes of the show, because of how mm. much mileage you and I can get out of any extra cars that are added to the fleet and the collection, mm-hmm. whether they come or go, whether they're press cars, I think there's so much more content to be had and yeah, discovery yeah. to be found, even though I do want a Eames, care, Eames chair. Of course you do. But I have a Barcelona, which could, I still really love. You could do so. one video probably for the channel on the Eames chair, whereas you could do a series on the 5,000 or Ultimately, which for, is what we intend for, for the big do, sedans. Yeah. For what we do. And this is uh, maybe a little bit of my spectrum of sacrifice over here. <laughs> you can't buy the fun furniture. I'm just glad the, fur- the chair didn't collapse when I sat on it. That's really my my. That's my bar, right there. The chair didn't break. Yeah, good job, awesome. chair. The chair did its job. Okay. That, they're they're my appliances. I'm sorry to say it. <laughs> on Facebook, Richard Goins said, "Okay, he's curious. Does he buy the smart car or the heart car?" Oh, now I thought honestly, Richard, you were going to be much further into cars that are appliances versus cars that are fun. But where you are is you've been driving cars as you look for a performance car in your life, and you'd like to have it be fun for spirited drives, have it as the weekend car, and maybe occasionally track it, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But this is your weekend fun third car, and you've been driving around a lot of things, and the car that keeps calling out to you is the Dodge Challenger. Wow, wow. It's the car that it makes you just love it. You laugh about the power. You like getting the the, the back sideways. You love the grumble. You love the look. You like being in it. It's, it speaks to you on every single level. And then you step back. And I thought you were going to compare it to something that was very mundane. You step back and you realize, performance for dollar, I should buy a Corvette. I can okay, get more performance okay. for my money buying a Corvette. But I really like the Challenger. What do I do? Hmm. Which mm. point, again, I thought it was going to be appliance versus sports car. You're still in two interesting performance cars. Yeah, yeah. You didn't say if you're if you're looking at Hellcat Challenger. I wonder if you are so that we're into full Corvette monetary unit. But that's a separate <laughs> thing. Honestly, I think the question here, Richard, is have a real thought process about your actual usage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because you acknowledge that the Corvette is going to handle better and it's going to be better for any track days that you do. But are you really going to do track days? I mean, we talk about it. We talk about it as a great place to take your car. But the truth is, here's the, the honest truth of it. Paul and I 
might do two track days a year in our own cars. Right. Right. We love to get on track. You know, we're, we're going to, we'd like to go overseas. We'd like to take you guys to tracks. We'd like to have meetups at tracks. That's, it's really fun when you get down to the truth of it, because we're so busy and because life has real budgets and things and that kind of stuff, we're much more likely to be like, oh, hmm, I could go on a drive today and grab a car and go to a fun back road, then go to a track. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of content that be ma- needs to be made. And if it is a track piece, we're shooting some other car Generally, yes. to talk about track yes. dynamics of that car rather yes. than our own. Our so, own don't need to be covered quite as much know, uh, you know, yeah. as anything else necessarily. I know people that their hobby is tracking all the time. But if you're yeah. not that person, I think that's the question, Richard, is how often would you track it? Because here's the thing. If you went and bought yourself a Challenger, and maybe it's a Hellcat flavor, maybe it's not, and you tracked it once a year, you're still going to laugh. You're still going to love doing it. You'll know it's big on the track. Sure. But that's not how you normally drive it. If this is your weekend fun car and it makes you laugh this much, if you just like the feel of it and you like the look of it and you like to get in it and be like, this is my car, I don't think the vet can touch it. I don't think it can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unless you're going to be tracking a lot and then the dynamics are going to be something that become more paramount and you have to be more, if you will, realistic about what it can do. Mikey, Mikey, Mikey on Instagram. We're going to call you Mikey Cubed. He's uh, moving to a house about a mile from his work. I saw this. This is good. People tell him that he'll be doing more damage to his car starting it, driving it one mile, and then shutting it off every single day, Mm -hmm. as opposed to his longer 20-minute commute he used to have. People are claiming that that one mile isn't enough time to remove condensation from the exhaust, heat things up, circulate oil. What do we recommend? Or is this the absolute best argument ever for an electric car purchase? The folks you're talking to have a point. Mainly, it's your catalytic converter. Mm-hmm. They they need heat. They like heat. They operate the best when they're up to operating temperature. That's yeah. when your car yeah. is optimally running for emissions, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So yes, people are right. You, you want to warm your car up. I'm not saying just leave your car idling in the driveway for 20 minutes and then drive it one mile to work. Let's not do that, yeah. Actually, cars are designed. Modern cars can be jumped in immediately, start the key, and go immediately. Mm-hmm. It's actually better for them to just go instead of warming start things up. Start getting up the temperature, yeah. They heat up faster when they're put under load. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're only going a mile. I think you have kind of made the case, essentially. I agree. I, I, unless you have need for longer distances. So you could look at hybrids. The Chevy Volt came out, and we were impressed because Mm, you could just mm. drive on electric power alone, and unlike more modern hybrids like the Corolla that we have, the engine will kick on as needed. Mm -hmm. You can't just, you know, it's a little bit different where the Volt electric motor would just work for, say, 40 miles until the Mm -hmm. gas engine needed to be kicked on. It didn't shut on, you know, come on, shut off, come on, shut off, that kind of thing which is most hybrids nowadays. Yeah, it was a yeah. little bit more distinct, and so people would claim, hey, I you know, I just bought one tank of gas in this last year. We recommend mm-hmm. cycling through that tank of gas so it doesn't well, turn the, into the car varnish. Will, the car will do it for you, believe it or not. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you could investigate something like a hybrid because, say, you're taking a road trip and you want a real car and you, yeah, know, you need yeah. better range than a current electric car can offer you. Fine, get a Volt or something like that. The so Volt's in a unique category there, you're right. in that yeah. electric mode, drive mm-hmm. it back and forth, and then, all right, we're going on a road trip, and I need 350 miles worth of range. That's a good flexible option. Right. I like that. Because that way you know you're not using, mm-hmm. even though modern cars, they're, they're designed to kick on and kick off. But yes, operating temperature is ideal for emissions mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And for you know proper running, you don't want to just drive a car real quick. Now, yeah. is it different when you're moving a car around your driveway and you're just backing it in and out of the car and shutting it off? little bit different cars are able to do that the engine circulates but nothing gets up to operating temp but you're not asking the engine to be under load and do anything necessarily true you're just moving it quick distance and shutting it off again it's fine well you're not doing that every day either exactly exactly i actually wonder if this is the perfect buyer for a used nissan leaf hmm Hmm. because he's inexpensive enough he's all he's also he's also said that if the weather if and when the weather's nice he's going to walk or bike this yeah, is true, a winter true. solve entirely. So Leafs buy yourself cheap, aren't they? A, a cheap first-gen Nissan Leaf. They're not getting any more attractive, but they're also not getting any more expensive. Buy a cheap <laughs> Nissan Leaf, and they have heated seats. All of them do mm-hmm. because that's more efficient than trying to heat the cabin. Yeah, so you start right. it up. You kick on your heated seats. You drive a mile. Done. Hang I on, think I've got to go let my electric car idle in my driveway. Got to warm up my electric car. None of that's happening. Yeah. I, I think that's a good answer. Hmm. 
All right, what else you find out here? Dan uh, Dan Rn uh, on uh, Instagram asked me, "Am I still in love with my Lotus? You've heard me talk about it already. You say you'd like to drive one badly. Try to figure out a way to drive one." Because they are awesome. I do love it. And I can tell you honestly, I could spend the next 10 minutes telling you everything about it that is remarkably difficult. <laughs> and I still love it. I heard earplugs. I yeah, heard. You've uh, heard a lot of it on this podcast yeah, for sure. Yeah, else? yes. All right. Kites Cars on Instagram says, which automaker do we see continue to make cars that feel like they are designed around the driving experience? It does seem that way. If you read car news and you look at you know all kinds of websites and you look at what's coming – it does kind of th- you think, huh? Are are car manufacturers going to completely forget about all of us enthusiasts? Mm-hmm. I can see how you got there. Well, I would say Porsche for sure. I would say you know the cars car makers that have established themselves upon driving car, you know, great driving cars. Mm-hmm. Porsche's up there. You know, with a new Taycan, you don't see any hint of autonomy feature coming soon, or we've got a potential for autonomous. They've said nothing about that. True. true it's true, our first yeah. electric car that you're going to drive mm-hmm. and the end. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be fun to drive. It's going to be fun to drive. This is theoretically what they're talking about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. a lot of that will continue to exist, whereas mm-hmm. other car manufacturers will say electric plus autonomy, and that's the future. And So far, it great. seems like Mazda is going to hang on with that, too. I think Mazda is absolutely up there. They've established themselves mm-hmm. as fun-to-drive stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And BMW is up there. and. Yeah, there's still going to be manufacturers, and I think there will be a sprinkling of, wow, that manufacturer brought out a cool, fun car that I never expected. There will be those unexpected mm-hmm. surprises, I think. Maybe it's Kia. Maybe it's, you know, Acura comes out with something. Who knows? But I do still think that as product lineups get fleshed out, I think product planners are going to say to themselves, wait a minute. You know what we're missing mm, is maybe. some cool Halo car to you know something i i that'd be nice i may be optimistic but i don't want to be debbie downer and just be like nope we're headed for autonomous eggs from here on out people (laughs) just you know we're all screwed it's all going to be about business case and it's going to be about people actually buying them for sure for sure for sure yeah but i think cars i think oems still realize that there is driving fun to be had and there's still sales to be had that's going to be the key nissan are you alive hello nissan uh maniac matt says when does Making do with a car become, I, I really should have a different car. His question is, how many trips a month to Home Depot with his Miata does it take before he thinks I should have bought a wagon? <laughs> uh, but here's, here's my the question about this, Matt, that I don't see. The other half of this I don't see. What else do you use that Miata for? That's oh, what you yeah. haven't told us. Yeah. I understand. Look, I've been to Home Depot in the Lotus. I was buying, like, batteries. But I went to Home Depot in the Lotus, okay? So... My, my question for you is, yes, the Miata, when you pull into Home Depot, is a bit of an oddball. What else are you using it for? Do you get to drive it on back roads? Are you having fun with it? We're back to where we started, you know, where we started the podcast up here with Charlie was talking about, do I have a car that I'm using it wrong? You're kind of in the same boat here in a weird way. So I want to know what else the Miata is being used for. If otherwise, you feel like you're actually exercising the Miata properly, then okay, the car is not great to go to Home Depot. If you get too much Home Depot stuff, I've rented the truck. Mm-hmm. It sure. works great. Sure. So I, I think if – don't let that be the deciding factor if you're using the car to its benefit. Otherwise, if going to Home Depot and hauling stuff around is becoming the Miata's primary purpose, then, yeah, you need something that hauls better. <laughs> All right. Last question for me here. Sir underscore J Day on Instagram asks, how do we balance driving a car hard versus worrying about wear and tear? Mm. Still leaning towards babying a car even though it's properly maintained. Hmm. Well, you've got to decide what wear and tear item bugs you the most. Is it the seat bolster? Is it, you know, door slams? Mm -hmm. Is it, you know, just general fingernails on the window switches tearing the graphics off? Is it, you know, all that kind (laughs) of stuff? Is it wear on the shift knob? All those kinds of things. What bugs you the most? And what can you as a driver take... you can get in and out of a, a car without grinding your backside against the seat bolster to try to take the maximum <laughs> material off each time you get in. There's ways to – I'm not saying delicately perch yourself in the car. I'm not saying – I'm just saying you yeah. know, treat yeah, it with yeah. care, but maybe a little bit extra care to kind of keep the seats nice or whatever. Yeah, I see it. Yeah. You, you can definitely do that kind of thing. But as far as mechanicals, mm-hmm. we know that mechanicals can be replaced. We True. know that – you know, tires are your biggest wear and tear item, followed by brakes, yeah. followed by suspension components. You know, and that is if you keep everything else about the car's fluids, you know, running properly and sure. intact. Yeah, yeah. 
you'd be surprised at how much abuse your car can take. And by the way, cars don't like to sit. They'll be worse if you let it sit and they're just babied. And there's a lot of cases where car manufacturers have recommended blowing the carbon out of your engine. Like mm. cars like a little red line here and there. Yeah. Some so do. You're right. Take yeah. it up. And that's the whole thing designed about designed to do this. The RX eight. That's the whole thing about the RX-8 is it hates – look, it's a car that couldn't be bought for the one-mile commute. The whole thing about the RX-8 is that you're supposed to get it up to redline. Those those uh, rotary engines need redline mm-hmm. because if yeah. you dri- you keep driving them, shifting them at 3,000 RPMs, it, it's going to get killed. Yeah, that's a great point. There's many engines. If you don't blow the stuff out of there, yeah. get yeah, after yeah. it and you know exercise your car a little bit. And it's kind of weird, but every Porsche I've driven, the harder you drive it, it just seems like it gets better. They're happy about it, yeah. And there's other cars that do the same thing. So I'd say it's a balance for sure, but don't be afraid to drive a car hard. Let me cover one last one real quickly. I I don't know that this is a quick answer because I I wish I had more experience in this car. But Wheelman GT is thinking about coming to the Atlanta meetup and renting an Audi TTRS. Would I like this car? Turo that car right now. Heck yeah. Yes. Why not? Look, there's lots of discussions about that car and its comparison to its competition. Uh, The obvious one being the Cayman S. The Cayman S is a better car dynamically, but it doesn't make the TTRS unfun. So oh, I think no, you would thoroughly enjoy that car at the uh, the East Coast meetup. We'd hope to see you. That'd be a cool. That's a cool Turo. I have to admit. Yeah, that's for really sure. Fun. For sure. Plus, it's driving experience in your hip pocket. Yes, for sure. Guys, thanks a million for all your questions. We're sorry we can't get to it, but we're still working on the pile of questions, and I keep asking. So really, really appreciate it. And uh, we hope to see you at the Atlanta meetup. Really appreciate all your support. We're definitely looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone. Mm-hmm.